You are listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. There are a lot of exciting things going on at Collective as the new year begins, so make sure you are following us on social media at My Collective Church to stay in the loop. Now here's Sunday's message. I will tell you, I get nervous every week I preach. I was more nervous for that than anything else. I was like, my plan was to do the full way back, but I was afraid I was going to have a heart attack, so that's all you'll get. Uh, this morning. If you're new, let me explain, okay? Um, this is the day the gritty died. Uh, <laughs> I figured a 37-year-old white pastor, you're like, this is the end. This is the end. Um, for those of you who are new to Collective and wondering what's going on, I promise you this will never happen again. Last fall, one of our, our fifth graders made a bet with me. She actually posted it on social media calling me out that if a thousand people came to our Christmas Eve services, then I would have to do the gritty on stage. And so I was like, well, you're a kid and you're dumb, so I'm going to take this bet. Uh, because there was no way a thousand people were going to show up at our Christmas Eve services. But man, was I just so, so wrong. Uh, two weeks ago, 1,100 people came and celebrated Christmas with us. Um, and, and what that means and why it matters is that 1,100 people got to hear about good news that brings great joy. And 1,100 people learned that through Jesus, life can be wonderful, even in the mess and the brokenness and the pain, hence the gritty. Uh, Let's keep celebrating Christmas for a second, though. You all did such a good job bringing, inviting people, saying, come and see. I want to show you what this church is all about. But more importantly, I want to show you who Jesus is and what he's done in my life. There were so many people that at two of our services, we had to put seats in the lobby and people had to watch on the screen because this place was packed out. Our safety medical team were like, you can't keep putting people in there. Um, But you all crushed it. We celebrated four people dedicating their life to Christ and getting baptized. Uh, We had over 100 first and second time guests that filled out connection cards. We paid off a ton of medical debt. uh, And truly, God just gave us so many reasons to celebrate at Christmas. But that's not all, obviously. We have a bigger and better auditorium. How great is this? Um, Work started on December 26th around 5 a.m. And for the past two weeks, we've had crews in this building working 20 plus hours every single day to get this done, including a lot of the volunteers here. There were people here last night till 10 o'clock. Uh, finishing things up. Um, I do have to say, we still have work to do, and we're still working on some things, so just be patient and gracious with us. Ultimately, what I'm saying is, if you come up to me and you're like, hey, something didn't work on the slides, I don't really care right now, give us a month, let us work through some things and figure out what comes next. But it's not just the auditorium, right? If you have kids, you notice on the way into checking your kids in, we've got some changes going on there as well. We're developing a new parent care room because the old parent care room is now becoming a new collective kids classroom because we have so many kids back there. We've got to start moving them around a little bit. And so over the next month, you're going to see some more changes, some more tweaks, some more adjustments, us trying some things that might not work, trying some things that do work. And so thanks for being along uh, with that ride with us. Um, you know, it, it's a true blessing that we, we get to do this because our goal is to create as much space as possible for people to experience Jesus. We're doing all this so more and more people can experience the life that Jesus has to offer and not have to do that from the lobby sitting in chairs. Uh, But with all the great things going on, more than anything, I'm excited to kick off this new series today called 35. I believe one day you will look back at the calendar and remember my life started changing for the better on January 7th. Not because I did the gritty on stage. It has nothing to do with it. But you're going to look back and you're going to realize that your marriage started getting better 
your family started getting better, your mental, emotional, and physical health started getting better on this day. Now imagine, though, it's not just your life getting better, but you're surrounded by hundreds of people whose lives were also getting better, better people who are running after the same things you were. Right? Then, then our church would get better. And we know this to be true. When our church gets better, it ripples out into our community, and Frederick becomes a better place. And so that's the goal of this series. And if you accept the challenges that I'm going to lay out for you, and you actually do them, you will never be the same. And here's why. Every year, when the clock strikes midnight on December 31st, we have this hope that the new year is going to be better than the last. Right? That's all social media was saying for the first few days was, this year is going to be different. This is going to be my year. New year, new me. Right? Even if you would say that 2023 was the best year of your life, you still got into 2024 and said, I hope this year is even better. And so because of that, what do we do? Right? We, we set resolutions. We create goals. We write down our dreams. Sometimes we pick one word and say, this is the mantra for the year. But then what happens? We get to the end of another year and we look back saying, where did the time go? Because nothing really changed. Because the truth is that setting goals and dreaming dreams and picking words, they can be good things, but they don't actually do anything unless we choose to take action. You know, one of the biggest problems that we face today as we head into this new year is that we think things will be different. But the truth is we're still stuck. Right? And if we were stuck in 2023, we just carried that stuck into 2024. If there are 500 people at Collective today, we go around the room and everyone could say different ways that they're having these issues where they just feel stuck, right? where they feel stuck in their marriage. There is no growth. Where they feel stuck in their parenting or, or stuck in their dating life or stuck in their career, or stuck financially or emotionally or stuck in our brokenness. Pastor Jim Bergen said it like this. It's like looking down the tunnel and only seeing more tunnel, more of the same thing coming. And the reason this year will be just like the last is because we are stuck. And so 35 is a series about breaking free from that. 35 is a series about getting unstuck. And this series was developed uh, by Pastor Jim Bergen and his church in Colorado called Flatirons. And it was inspired by a workout called 75 Hard. Have any of you completed 75 Hard? Okay, that's more than first service. There was nobody. Uh, 75 hard, if you don't know, is just a brutal workout. Every single day for 75 days, you drink a gallon of water, you do two workouts, one of which has to be outside. Uh, you have to read 10 pages of nonfiction writing. Some people haven't done that in years. Uh, you have to abstain from alcohol. Immediately, most of you are checking that off as something you're not gonna do this year. But it, uh, across the board, there's just a ton more. But what makes 75 hard such a difficult workout is that if you miss any of the challenges for any reason, you have to start over at day one. You don't get to loop back to the day that you messed up. You start back at the beginning. And one of the things that Bergen realized is that we don't really have anything like this for the church. And so they developed something that's like 75 hard, but for following Jesus. Now, let me be clear. This program will not fix all your problems. It's not what this is about or what the series is about. The 35-day challenge is about becoming a different person. It's about deepening our faith, growing our spiritual grit, and making 2024 a different year than the last. Really, it's about not being stuck in the mindset that just because the calendar says 2024, things will be different if we keep doing the same things over and over and over again. So here's the big question I wanna ask you as we kick things off today. Do you want to get unstuck? Do you want to get unstuck? Do you really want that? Or are you okay with 2024 being another year just like the last one? 
Now, if 2023 was a terrible year for you, you're ready for something new, right? And so you're ready and eager to hear what comes next. But for those of you who had a good 2023, it's really easy to get in 2024 and say, as long as it's not worse than the last year. Right, 2023 was a good year. Let's just have another 2023. And so the thing is, though, you're saying, I, I just want to be stuck in what was good last year and not move forward this year. So do you want to get unstuck? Now, here's the second part of that question. Do you want your life with God to get better? Because what we're going to discover in this series is that when we spend intentional time learning what Jesus taught and we carve out time every single day to talk to and to hear from God because God knows what's best for us and because he teaches us a better way to live, when we do what God asks us to do, we will get unstuck. And so really, if I could sum it up in one sentence, the 35-day challenge is actually about spiritual growth. It's about being stronger in our relationship with God. It's about holding on to faith when life hits us in the mouth. It's about faith not just being something we claim, but it's something we do. And so what I wanna do is I wanna give you an overview of the 35-day challenge, and we're gonna spend a few minutes diving into one of the aspects of this. One time, Jesus is asked, what is the most important commandment? He says this in Mark 12. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And he says, the second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. Now, now this is really important. Uh, if you've been in church for a while, if you read your Bible regularly, you know this story, but we have this tendency, specifically Christians have this tendency to take what we just read and sum it up as love God, love people, right? And, that, and that's great for t-shirts, bumper stickers. A lot of churches use that as their slogan, but it falls short of what Jesus is saying, because if you think about it, Jesus doesn't really say love God, love people. He doesn't really say love me with everything. What he does is he splits out the parts of our lives that not only exist in us as God uniquely created us, but must exist in cooperation with one another if loving God and loving anybody else is going to come out the right way. If we are going to love right, these four parts of our lives have to go the right way. Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So let's break these down. We talk about this all the time. You can take a picture of this, write this down. Your heart is your emotions. It's emotional health. The Bible says that out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And here's the thing about emotional health. When we are emotionally healthy, our heart will say, hey, let's go do this thing. And it's a really good thing. But when, not if, but when our emotions get broken by life, by sin, by other people, they can turn into a really bad thing. Think about it like this. Excitement is a good thing, but it can become addiction when you're always living for the next high. Love is a good thing, but it can become codependency, which is a bad thing. Happiness is a good thing, but it can become selfishness when everyone in the world exists to make me happy. Fear can turn into debilitating anxiety. So we need healthy emotions. We need to have a healthy heart. Soul is the spiritual. It's our connection to God. This is why spiritual habits are so important, things like prayer and reading the Bible. But here's the thing. You can have a healthy heart, mind, and strength, but if you do not get soul right, if there is no connection to God, your life will be all about you, and it will not lead to a better way to live. Your mind is your intellect and your mental health, meaning do you love God with your intellect? Do you not just seek out the feelings from him and the experience from him, but do you understand him? Is your mind being transformed through your relationship with Jesus? Your mind also includes mental health. So the question is, are you going to therapy? 
Are you dealing with the shame and the trauma in your past? Are you just shoving those things deep down inside and ignoring it? And strength, of course, is your physical health. It's your body. And I love that Jesus talks about strength here because a lot of like so-called spiritual leaders and gurus will say that the spirit and the body are two separate things, but Jesus says they're integrated. But this too can get out of control when our body is unhealthy and our body tells our hearts and our minds what to do. And our body says, give me food, give me another drink, give me sex. It's unhealthy. And if our body is not healthy and we just do whatever our body says to do, it will come at the expense of our heart, soul, and mind. So when Jesus says to love God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength, this is not a pick one and pour all of your energy into that scenario. What Jesus is saying is that all of these things are interconnected. And if you love God with everything you have, you cannot neglect any of these things because they're equally important and they equally impact each other. And I struggle personally with this a lot. I am really good at compartmentalizing. I'm really good at putting things in my life in silos. And so there'll be seasons of my life where I focus on my soul. And I'll spend time every single day reading my Bible, but in return, what I do is I neglect my physical health. That was 2023 in a nutshell for me. I've had seasons where I've made my mental health my priority by going to therapy, by reading books that challenge me as a parent, as a pastor, but I do that at the expense of my emotional health. And when I silo these things, Jesus says, no, 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 The life to the fullest comes from loving God in all of these areas. And here's the truth. It takes all of these areas to raise good kids. It takes all of these areas to have the marriage you want. It takes all of these areas to follow Jesus and not give in to the temptation that comes in high school and college. It takes all of these areas to deal with your shame and your brokenness. And if I am going to love God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength, it's going to take discipline. It's gonna take grit. It's gonna take something in me changing every single day. And so if you resonate with any of that, and you want to try something new and really something difficult so that you can become unstuck, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take out your phones right now. And when you take them out, open up your Church Center app, click on Coming Up, and then click on the 35-day challenge. There are two ways that you can participate in this. If you are a God-loving Apple user, there's an app that you can download. If you don't love God and you are a Droid user um, or... (laughs) Or, or, or maybe you just hate technology. There's a, uh, a PDF version that you can download, you can open up on your phone. Uh, when you download the app, it'll say that it's from Flatirons. It asks you to sign up. They're not going to spam you or anything like that. Pick the online campus. You're good. Um, and if you're wondering why we didn't develop our own app for this, it's because it would have cost us like tens of thousands of dollars, and we put all that into this room right here. But while you download it or while you open up the PDF, I'm going to walk through the five challenges that we are going to be asked to do every single day for the next 35 days. And these five challenges are broken up into five categories, physical, Bible reading, prayer, sacrifice, and serve. So physical is 15 minutes of physical activity every day. This is a physical reminder, body, you work for me and I don't work for you, right? I am in charge. And in 15 minutes, truly isn't a huge sacrifice, but if you do it every single day for 35 days, it is going to take discipline. Now, it can be a walk, you can go for a jog, you can play your favorite sport, yoga, lift weights, whatever it may be, it's anything physical for 15 minutes. Now, if you need some guidance and, and, and maybe you want to start like working out regularly and you don't know what to do, or maybe you wanna do it in community, that's what the fitness pop-up was created for. 
There's a personal trainer who's gonna teach you things every single week for the five or six weeks that you're there so that you can have a better and a healthier 2024. Now, I will say this. If you are somebody who works out every single day, uh, the challenge for you is to add 15 minutes to your workout, right? First service, they started complaining, like yelling at me about it, so thank you. Because the thing is, what you're already doing is good, but you're trying to do something harder, Right, so add in 15 more minutes every single day. The next is Bible reading. Um, the 35 plan will tell you what scripture to read every single day. It's a chapter of the Bible every day. We start in the book of John, which is found in the New Testament. The next is prayer. It asks us to pray every single day, but it also gives us three different prompts, which I, which I love. It asks the questions of what are you thankful for? What do you need from God? And what does somebody else need from God? And I love this because oftentimes we're really good at praying for other people and not praying for ourselves because, to be honest, we're too insecure to ask God to do anything in our life, or, or we're really good at praying for ourselves and never pray for anybody else. And this is saying, hey, let's think about all three of those things. In the app, in order for you to move on to the next day, you actually have to type them out. But I would challenge you, if you're not using the app and you're going PDF or maybe you're using notes on your phone, is write them in notes because the main thing is this. At the end of the 35 days, you want to be able to look back and see all the things that you ask God to do or to, that you thank God for, and so you can get a different perspective on it. The next is sacrifice. That means giving up one thing for 35 straight days. And this should be something that you'd be participating in for the majority of this challenge. So if you don't go out to eat regularly, don't pick going out to eat, right? Pick something that you do every day or every other day. Ultimately, you need to pick something that you feel the tension of something that you struggle with, something that pulls you away from having a healthy heart, mind, soul, or strength. And the last challenge is to serve others. Do one act of service every day. And this can be for a coworker, your spouse, your kids, a stranger. Buy someone coffee, scrape off the ice on their windshield in the morning, send them an encouraging text message or a note. Maybe it's from what you read in scripture. Just send it out. It doesn't really matter. Just serve one person every single day. And just looking at this list, my guess is that a few of the challenges are going to be easy for you and a few won't. But here's the hardest part about the 35-day challenge. If you miss a day, you have to start over. You have to start over. This is about doing these challenges 35 days straight. If you're using the app and you miss a day, it forces you to start over. If you aren't using the app, you kind of have a sixth challenge. It's called being honest, okay? <laughs> you have to be honest and you have to have integrity. If you miss a day, you need to start over. A few months ago, I downloaded the app. I started messing with it just to see what it was like. And like the weekend got busy, and I missed a few days. And when I opened up the app on Monday, it's a video of Pastor Jim Bergen pretty much telling me, hey, you failed. You need to start over. It's another reason why we're not using our own app. It's so that you hate him instead of me. <laughs> but if you miss a day, you start over. If you hit four out of five, you have to start over. If you make it 34 days and on the 35th day, for whatever reason, you, you miss it, you have to start over. And I know this is tough, but what we're trying to do this year is do something different. We're trying to build new rhythms. We're trying to grow spiritually strong. Ultimately, we're trying to get unstuck. Now, every Sunday in this series, we're going to tackle one of the five challenges. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to teach on one of the topics. And for the rest of our time today, I'm going to talk about the challenge that I think is the catalyst for the entire series. And I'm not going in order, so if you have OCD, I'm really sorry. Um, but to start today, we're going to talk about sacrifice, and here's why. Now, raise your hand if you feel this way. How many of you think there are more things to get done in the day than what you have time for, right? Now, how many of you want more things than you have the money to buy? If you're not raising your hand, you're a liar. 
you're already losing the integrity part of it, okay? <laughs> How many of you just feel too busy? Seven days into the year, you're already like, this is just like the last. I am just way too busy. Here's the thing, though. The question isn't, do you have enough? Right? Do you have enough money? Do you have enough time? The question is, are we sacrificing the right things? Because every single day we sacrifice. Right? And sacrifice is giving up something I love for something I love more. Let me show you how this is true through the life of Jesus. Jesus loved life. Right? When, you, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that Jesus had a lot of love to give. He loved his mom. He loved being connected to God. He loved living out his mission of seeking, saving, lost people. He loved his disciples. He, he loved caring for people. He loved all of it. But what he loved more was us. Now, I, I don't really know why, because we are a disaster as people. But he gave up something he loved, his own life, for something he loved more, us. Ephesians 5 says Jesus loved us, so he gave up his life for us. Romans 5 says that Jesus demonstrated his love for us by giving up his life for us. 1 John 4 says that love is Jesus coming to earth to sacrifice himself, to pay the debt that our sin creates so that we can spend eternity in heaven. And listen, this is just an aside, but if you're not a follower of Jesus, or you've actually never heard that before, right? sacrifice is giving up something I love for something I love, and that, that is the epitome of who Jesus is. And if you don't follow Jesus, that is all I want you to take away today, that he loved you so much he gave up everything else he loved to be a part of our lives. Back to the challenge, though. Think about it like this. At the end of the day, we do what we want. We always find time for what we really want to do, and we make sacrifices to do it. Here are a few examples. Think of when you should go to bed at night because you know that you need those eight hours of sleep, but you also want to watch one more episode of Netflix because you like the entertainment. Right? You have a choice and you will make a sacrifice. Here's another one. Think of when you're focusing on eating healthy, but you forgot to meal prep, or your day gets away from you, and you forget to plan out dinner, but on the way home, there's a Taco Bell, right? And your body says that you need Baja Blast and cheesy gordita crunch. You will sacrifice something, right? There will be a sacrifice there. You will make a choice, you want to drive a brand new car. You can't really afford it. The budget's tight. The financing is pretty good. And you, you're getting tired of driving a car that's unreliable. At the same time, you also have a dream of being financially independent and getting out of debt. You cannot have both. You will make a sacrifice. And so here's what I'm saying. Sacrifice is just saying, I want this more than I want that. And we already do this every single day. So the question is, are we sacrificing the right things? And this is a hard question to wrestle with because it's countercultural, right? The, the world will tell us to follow our heart. It says, do whatever makes you happy, do what you want. But the truth is that doesn't work. What if you have a desire and what you want to pursue is harmful to somebody else? What if there's this passion that sounds fun and exciting, but you know it's going to harm you? What if you have desires and they just continue to run into each other because they're competing desires? Culture says we can have it all, but write this down. No, you can't. We cannot have it all. There's always a sacrifice. On top of that, we are told that we need to keep all of our plates spinning, and if one of them drops, something's wrong with us. We're a failure in some way. And so sometimes we believe the best way out is just not to choose, right? It's like, if I have to make a sacrifice, if I just don't choose and figure it out later, then I'm okay. But not choosing is a choice, right? So for those of you who are going to leave today, and not engage the 35-day challenge. You are not just sidestepping an opportunity. You are choosing not to do it, okay? 
And, and you then have to understand you're choosing the consequences in your life of not doing those things, of reading your Bible every day, of praying for other people, of serving other people. But, but if you're not doing it and if you get to the end of the 35 days and go, man, what's happening in my life? You have to look back and say, I made a choice on January 7th whether or not I was going to engage in this thing. Right? There is always a choice. Right? If you say, I'm gonna push my health off to later, that's not true. You're making a choice right now to be unhealthy. If you say, I'm gonna figure out this money stuff later, what you're saying is, I'm gonna let my money control me right now and, and, and maybe later deal with it. If right now you have to figure out your marriage, you're struggling because you're married or you're single and you want to be married, you're saying, I'm gonna figure this out later. What you're saying is, I'm choosing to have a rough marriage. I'm choosing to stay single. And throughout the Bible, when you read Jesus' life, he teaches about sacrifice. He talks about this thing called fasting, not as self-punishment, but as self-audit, an opportunity for us to look inside of ourselves and figure out what's going on. In other words, is what I am filling my life with coming at the cost of something more important? Because sacrifice is giving up something I love for something I love more. And the reason why we're talking about this one first today, because I think this is the first domino in this challenge. It's choosing to sacrifice something for something more important. And a whole bunch of you, the moment I started talking about removing something from your life, you immediately knew what it was, didn't you? I didn't even have to talk for the last five minutes on it, okay? I'm just trying to fill time at this point. You knew what you're gonna get rid of. I said sacrifice and you knew it's caffeine. I said sacrifice, you knew it was Netflix. Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's fast food, maybe it's social media. Maybe you have a person in your life that they're the thing that you cut out for the next 35 days. I talked about this for two seconds and you just knew because it was already nagging in your mind. This is the thing I need to give up. As soon as we started setting up this challenge for collective, I knew what I needed to get rid of, Starbucks. Yeah, I know, I know. It's, uh, that's sad. You gasping is why I have to give this up. <laughs> it's like my identity at this point. And I wrestled with a bunch of other things, but there's, there's a few reasons for this, right? It's the caffeine, it's the sugar, it, it's also the money. And so what I did, I actually officially started my 35-day challenge on Monday of this week so I could share with you what it's been like, and it sucked, okay? <laughs> Uh, I will tell you that two days after giving up Starbucks, I was here, it was Tuesday morning, and I just felt like someone just slammed my head against the wall over and over and over again. And I realized something is wrong. That isn't how I should feel when I have things in my life that clearly are, are bringing me to a different place. Last night, we were here working in the building, finishing things up, and we get home, and I was ready to put my kids to bed, and I was like, crap, I forgot to, to work out. And I, and I did it, and it wasn't fun, and it wasn't something, what'd you say? <laughs> No, I did it. So nice try. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was a choice, and my kids go to bed, and it's like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work out in my living room right now. Because the thing is, like, I want to be unstuck. And I'm not even someone coming to you saying that 2023 was a bad year. 2023 was a good year. I just want this year to be better. And I, and I want to develop new habits and new things in my life that lead me to have a healthier mental and emotional and spiritual and physical health. And at some point in this challenge, what's going to happen, there's going to be this temptation, and it's not going to be on day one. It's probably going to be on day 21. You're going to have a hard day. You're going to get to the end of the day, and you're going to ask yourself, do I want to keep going with this? There's going to be a few things you need to hit, and you're going to ask yourself, how does giving up Starbucks or how does giving up soda help my broken relationship? And it doesn't directly. But remember what Jesus taught, heart, soul, mind, and strength. These are all interconnected, and if one gets healthier, it overflows into the other's. And so we have to do hard things to help us get there. Jesus once said this in Matthew 16. 
If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it, but if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you game the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? And there's so many great applications from this, but the most basic is this. Following Jesus is choosing a life of sacrifice. Right? And it sounds hard, but everything in your life that is good has required some sort of sacrifice. I think of people that are sitting in this room right now. I think of a married couple who never had a good example of what a godly marriage looked like. And because of that, a few years into marriage, it was just a struggle. It was just tension and fighting all the time, but they sacrificed their fears, they sacrificed their insecurities, and they put in the hard work. They started going to marriage counseling, started choosing vulnerability with each other, they started putting Jesus at the center, and now their marriage is stronger than ever. I think of people in this church with newborns at home, and they are sacrificing sleep every single night to care for this child that they prayed for. I think of the person who is new in their faith, and they've decided to sacrifice the life they were living because they want what Jesus has for them but they had to remove some parts of their life that were a main part of their identity, but it's not what Jesus wants for them. Everything worth doing requires sacrifice, and following Jesus is a life of sacrifice, and we know this. We sacrifice our pride when we first get baptized. We sacrifice money when we trust God with our finances. We sacrifice time when we serve and create space for other people to experience Jesus. We sacrifice our comfort when we decide to deal with the stuff inside our soul that Jesus is asking us to clear out. And so one of the things that we are doing in this series and in this challenge is we are flexing the muscle of sacrifice so that we can unstuck ourselves and then watch what God can do. Now, as we close out things today, I want to talk specifically to four different groups. The first is those of you who don't follow Jesus. Most Sundays, I'll get to this point of sermon, and, and this is when I'll encourage you to lean in. I'll encourage you to put your faith in Jesus. I'll encourage you to check the baptism box on your connection card so that you can live in the grace and endless second chances that he offers. And you can do that if you're ready, but if you aren't, here's my challenge for you. Do the 35 challenge. Because I know that you're thinking that this isn't for me, but it absolutely is, and here's why. You can't reject Jesus if you don't give him a shot. I've had conversations with people say, well, I tried the whole Jesus thing and it didn't work, and so I asked the questions of, did you read your Bible? No. Well, did you actually physically become part of a church? Were you there every single week to see what he can do? No. Did you, did you join a serving team? Did you serve other people? Did you not make it about yourself, but make it about them? No. So the question is, what do you mean that you tried the whole Jesus thing? You didn't do anything. And I think what they mean to say is that they thought about the possibility of trying Jesus, but they didn't want to sacrifice the way they were living to do so. Or maybe it's not that. Maybe it's that when life hit the fan, Jesus didn't come down from heaven and sprinkle some magic little fairy dust on their problems and make their circumstances change. They said, well, I tried it, so it doesn't work. So if you do not follow Jesus, don't be one of those people, okay? Try it. Truly try him. Do the 35-day challenge and see if something changes. See if Jesus surprises you along the way. Besides, you wouldn't be here today if things were working perfectly. Try this and see if you get unstuck. The next group I want to talk to you is those of you who are on the fence. I know there are people in this room right now, you've downloaded the app, you started looking it over, you're probably reading John 1 while I'm talking right now to cross the one thing off here. Like, you are just ready to get going. But I also know there are a group of people here that would rather spectate over the next few weeks. And so I'm just gonna plead with you for a few seconds. Here's the thing about 2024. Life will throw something at you that you cannot handle. Some of you are already experiencing, you're seven days in, and 2024, you would say, is worse than the last year. It's inevitable. 
And some of it is in our control. Some of it's not in our control. Some of it's other people bringing it into our life. Some of it's just life in general. But at some point this year, something will hit you that you cannot handle. A storm is inevitable. But if you don't have a strong relationship with Jesus and you do not have a resilient faith, it will crush you. And so really, this is your chance and this is your opportunity to build your life on a foundation that can withstand those storms and help you push through those hard things. So I encourage you, don't miss it. Parents, if you have a teenager, they should be in the room right now. So I encourage you to let them take this challenge. That does not mean I think you should give them a smartphone. Don't do that, okay? Especially if you're in middle school. You don't need a smartphone when you're in middle school. Science backs that up. Uh, figure it out. Print it out for them. You know, put it on a whiteboard for them. Do, let, let your teenagers do this with you. But if you have kids in elementary school, I also encourage you to do this with them. And so what you're going to have to do is adapt it a little bit. And, and so I just encourage you, like, you read the entire chapter and then maybe find the one verse that really spoke to your soul and you read that with your kids every single night. But you can serve with them. You can sacrifice with them. You can work out with them. I know I forced my kids to give up Starbucks for the next 35 days. They're not happy, but they're doing it with us, and we're trying to explain to them, hey, this is something that's in our life that we don't need to have anymore. But for, for parents, especially those parents in the room that are trying to figure out, how do I disciple my children? How do I lead them well? This is how you do it. Do, do this challenge with them. And the last group I want to talk to are those of you who are already doing a bunch of hard work. I, I know some of you in this room right now are in the grind of healing a marriage. I know some of you right now are doing the hard work to try to grow your faith. You're, you're doing everything you can to change your life. And I know you are here today, and, and what you're wanting is not another challenge. What you're wanting is, is not your pastor saying, hey, do this thing for 35 days and see what happens. But here's the thing. There's two parts. There's two reasons why you should still do it. One, how often do you get to do hard things with hundreds of people who want to run the same speed that you do? Most of the hard things you were doing, you were doing on your own because life hit you in the mouth, and so you have to. This is different. And the second thing is this. So much of the hard stuff that we have to deal with is in reaction to what's happened to us. This is proactive. This is setting a foundation, setting a culture, setting a habit that can get us through the hard things rather than going through hard things and going, oh, what do I do? And so I know you're tired, but I encourage you to join in that as well. And so for the next 35 days... Uh, anybody who wants to join in, we're going to get in shape with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're going to do some really hard things. We're going to be challenged, and it's going to push us. But we are going to grow spiritually. We are going to watch God move. And so if you are tired of life the way it is, if you are tired of being stuck, if you're tired of the tunnel that only feels like more tunnel, if you're done making excuses, if you're ready to do something hard and get something better in return, let's do this. Let's pray. God, I, I speak on behalf of myself, but I know other people feel this way, that when I stepped into 2024, what I wanted was easy. Um, God, I, I wanted life to get easier. I wanted parenting to get easier and marriage to get easier. God, I wanted my faith to get easier. Um, but I also know at the same time, that's just not how it works. God, that just because we went through something in 2023 doesn't mean 2024 gives us a pass. Uh, it doesn't mean things naturally get better. It doesn't mean... Uh, we can decide in our mind that this year will be right, and that makes it right. And so, God, I, I just pray for those of us in this room that need something different, that need to feel unstuck, that feel lost in the middle of a marriage or lost in the middle of parenting, lost in the middle of career. They're looking for something different. God, I, I pray that today is a day that they start something new, God, that they start new challenges and new habits where um, it leads them closer to you. And God, ultimately, at the end of these 35 days, 
that we are healthier emotionally and physically and mentally, but God, uh, more importantly, that we are healthier spiritually. We have a stronger relationship with you, and so that when the storm hits, we don't, we don't waver, uh, God, that we, we hold on to what we know is true. Um, God, give us the strength to do the things. Give us the, the mental willpower. Uh, honestly, God, give us people in our life to do this with. Um, God, a spouse or a friend or our kids, whoever it may be, that can hold us accountable. Um, God, give us the energy at the end of the day when we forget to do one or two things to send out that quick text or do that quick workout. Um, God, give us the grace for when we fail uh, to not just give up, but God, to start back over and, and see if in 2024 we can do 35 days in a row of five hard challenges um, so we can see what you can do in our life through that. Um, God, we're thankful that you challenge us. God, we're, we're thankful that you push us to be the best versions of ourselves um, God, that you want us to have a stronger relationship with you. Um, but more than anything, God, we're, we're thankful that uh, we don't have to set the example of what sacrifices. Jesus does that. And um, God, what we sacrifice is minor compared to what he did for us when he died for us. God, we thank you and we love you and pray these things in your name. Amen.